This is a pre-recorded version of the WTKA Roundtable <laughs> on WTKA, unsurprisingly, 9 o'clock Thursdays. It is recorded, however, so if you call in, no one will answer. back folks here on the michigan insider sports talk 1050 wtka online at wtka.com we often have the pleasure of being joined early by one or more of the roundtable members this morning is seth fisher seth good morning how are you good morning this always happens to me i come on for a sound check and you guys are like oh we're on the radio here you go (laughs) real quick seth sam i want to give an update because we've been talking about the pga this morning we mentioned it's in the updates well they're actually uh delaying the start by about 90 minutes because of the frost apparently it's too cold in rochester new york to play a little golf at 40 degrees actually i don't blame them but i just wanted the, the golf fans that are out there just in case you missed that uh the PGA will be is uh, getting underway I, a little I late, but it's getting. I can't stand this. I bought flowers for Mother's Day. I did. I, I bought the flowers. I planted the flowers. The flowers are out there. You can't like unplant them, and then and now there's a frost warning. And it's like no. And that's that is a. That's why we always talk about between right, Sam. We've talked about it recently. Flowers between Memorial Day, Mother's Day and Memorial Day. Not before Mother's Day, but even after, as Seth just pointed out, you run the risk of a frost wait, warning. Wait, wait, wait. So there's in. another frost warning tonight? Well, it was last night. Was Hopefully last we're past it. Yeah. yeah okay, it was, great. Because, I, you know, I had, to put chilly. Some, I had all that grass seed just thrown down yesterday. So I put some extra water on it last night to just try to mm-hmm. stave off the, the frost impact. Not that I, you aren't going to get sprouts in, in one day, but I just don't want anything to disrupt this tapestry that I'm weaving on my <laughs> on my lawn, man. So I don't need this frost. I need Mother Nature to cooperate. Just come back and help you out, Sam. And by next week, 80s and sunny by Memorial Day. Now, I think apparently Mother Nature in Michigan knows that our pool's open next weekend and we're going to be a pool weather next week. Well, Seth, it does give us an opportunity, though, before we dive too deep into the reaction to the Caleb Love news with the roundtable to, mm-hmm. to visit a topic you've talked about quite often and that is the the ability for transfers to make it into because this is as i'm sure is the case over on go blog this is a a debate that's raging yeah amongst michigan fans about whether or not michigan should relax its standards to accommodate transfers uh and i think you got to frame that discussion appropriately and say that is not that is not in a, a, something that can be determined by athletics. That is not something that can be dictated by athletics. That moves to the hill mm-hmm. and the question as to whether or not, whether it's uh, you know from the president level and academics over on that side of things are willing to move the bar to accommodate uh, transfers, athletic transfers, which in, it will help other students too. But are they really willing to make that move driven by the the um the desire to accommodate athletics what do you think about that what's your take on that discussion 
So my, I mean, my degree is not hurting because we've let in some athletes before. You know, that's that, and and I don't think Illinois fans are going to tell you, oh my God, my degree is destroyed because we got Terrence Shannon last year. Uh, the re- the way that I got into this is because I experienced it when I was at Michigan. So I did a study abroad program. My program really wasn't challenging me. It was I was I, I didn't like the the system the the classes I was in, but I was. Allow, but the program was through the Sorbonne, so I just transferred into regular Sorbonne classes. I took regular French classes in French with the other French students. This is like the, you know, this is a very good school, the best school in the Francophone world. I come back to Michigan. I want these credits to transfer. I want it put towards a French minor. And it's this Byzantine process at Michigan. Now, we, we say admissions, right? We're using admissions as the word. It's not really admissions. Getting the students into the school is not the problem. The problem is with the, the schools themselves. So like LSA is, what, is probably the school for Caleb Love. I haven't looked at what he majored in. But LSA is usually the one that's the problem. You bring your credits to them. They want your transcripts. They're going to look over all your classes. And they're going to decide how to award that. And it's so arbitrary sometimes. It used to be like, because Michigan State had trimesters, so if you uh, transferred from Michigan State and Michigan had two semesters and they had three, they would just give you two-thirds credit for all your Michigan State classes, right? And this is this stupid, right? They, just, they look at, and they, they try to match one course to another course, so it's easy for a freshman, and that's why Michigan can get in freshmen, right? You look at Ernest Hausman, how do we get that guy? Well, he only had a semester at Nebraska, and then he transferred. That's not that hard. He probably took mostly like intro to U.S. history. That class transfers pretty easily. It's when you get guys who are in the middle of their careers, and grad transfers aren't a problem either because they don't have to transfer credits. They don't need to go through this process. They don't need to like bring up their transcripts and say, what did I get? And then it comes back, and they take forever, and they won't give you an idea ahead of time. You can't go and check ahead of time. Most schools, you can go and look up your courses and just and, and do a match. Michigan won't let you do that. They they want you they, they you have to submit the whole thing and then it comes back. And I I don't know the particulars of Caleb Love, but the timing suggests that A, they thought he was going to graduate at UNC. And when you graduate, that's fine. You don't have to transfer credits. So you get into the grad school and then you're a student here. Uh when that wasn't gonna happen, then it was about can I transfer my credits from UNC, a fellow AAU school, which should be no problem. You usually can move Credits between AAU schools should be way easier because we're all supposedly kind of on the same level academically. And when that doesn't happen because Michigan's system is Byzantine and they won't tell you that it doesn't happen, then you get an appeal chance. And then when they say no, then that's over. So the timing and the way that Caleb Love said things, my guess is that was the process, that he wasn't going to graduate. He wanted to transfer his credits over. Michigan said you're only going to get, what, 65% of your credits. And you also, for NCAA reasons, I know I'm going on long here, you have to be eligible to, to – so you have to be on – so it's it, even if Michigan says, look, we're going to give you 66% a year, you're going to give you two-thirds of your credits, okay? If you are no longer on track to graduate by the NCAA standards after they give you two-thirds credit because it's your fourth year in college, you are no longer eligible to play, period. That is exactly what I heard took place. <laughs> that is exactly what I heard took place. Now, yeah. I, again, have I confirmed that 100%? No, but what you're saying right. tracks exactly with what I heard took place. So. so this is Michigan's process. And 
if you go to another school, I don't know how they run it because I've only my experience is with Michigan. But one, they are not as crazy about how they transfer credits. Michigan doesn't care who you are. They don't care if you're the best player at UNC. They don't care if you're the number one guard in the in the league. They don't care if you're the best linebacker in the country. They don't care who you are. It's this is what we're gonna we're gonna take your transcripts and we're gonna translate it however we feel like translating it today. At other schools, I'm guessing what they do is they'll tell you ahead of time, yeah, that'll work, or no, that's not going to work. Well, give me the transcripts. We'll run it through. We'll have some other kids wait an extra couple days. We'll run through, and we'll let you know on your athlete. Before you go and recruit the guy, we'll let you know. And then they'll come back and say, yeah, go ahead. Go talk to this kid, right? Now, it's with Terrence Shannon's situation, Like if he's close to graduating, that is really, really hard. The guy who's close to graduating is the hardest thing you can do. At that point, you just try to get him to graduate. And so then you can go back to the guy and say, hey, can you finish up your courses there and, and take some classes over the summer? But then at that point, the school has to like get you into certain classes. They might have to waive certain requirements. Schools have all sorts of graduation requirements. And, and, then, it, and then it's about how well you know your school and how much they're willing to help your, your transfer. Right. Texas Tech wasn't willing to help Terrence Shannon. Right. They're not. Right, and they have no motivation to get you out of there, right? If you yeah. come back to them and say, like, hey, man, I, I can't get out of here before September, before uh, fall semester unless you help me, they're going to be like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we can bring the rest of the guys in after the break, get more reaction to, to Caleb Love, talk about Ray J. Dennis, uh, who, I mean, again, not the way that you want to get to – to Ray J. Dennis, but I just, if they can pull this off, I actually think they'll be better off. We'll see if they can do it, though. We'll get into that with the guys from the MGO Blog Roundtable on the other side here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK, the ticket, the official voice of University of Michigan Sports Ann Arbor Accumulus Station. And we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Sam Webb. Ira Weintraub on the other side and joining me as they do in the nine o'clock hour every single Thursday. My guys, my boys, my fellas from the MGO Blog crew, the MGO Blog Roundtable. Joining us is starting off with the man that started it all over at MGO Blog, Brian Cook. Brian, how are you this morning? I'm well. Yeah, man, that's good. <laughs> I, hey, I was I was concerned. Because I know, man, this following basketball and basketball recruiting can be frustrating, but it's good that we're starting off. On a good note, we already talked to Seth Fisher. Seth, good morning. How are you again? Good morning. I got football. I'm all right. And then, of course, the venerable one himself, Mr. Craig Ross. Craig, how are you? I'm I'm good, but dying since I've seen a lot of Toledo basketball for the past couple of years. And uh, you don't like I Ray don't J. Dennis? I love Ray J. Dennis, oh. but I also love two other guys in that team who I think are just about as good as Ray J. Dennis, and. Uh, for some reason, not on uh, Michigan's radar. Maybe they're not in the transfer portal. That, that's probably the case. But they had three really nice players, and anyone who saw uh, Shoemate, a big guy who played center for them, but it's a power forward, and another guy who's a 3-4, Milner, wonderful player, as good as Ray J, I think. Uh, both seniors, but I don't think either one is in the portal. But, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big Ray J fan. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in hearing your breakdown of Ray J coming up. But let's yeah. let's set the stage, and then Brian, I want you to react. So, uh, the I first heard there were some issues with with Caleb Love a couple of weeks ago. I actually got a call from a 
from a coach of another high major. He said, I heard Caleb Love isn't getting in and did some check-in and hearing, yeah, there are some, there were some issues uh, that he was going to have to uh, move past or get past. And that that's around the same time that he made that tweet where he said, Hey, forget all the rumors. I'm coming to Michigan. All right. So at that point I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're figuring out some kind of workaround like they were attempting to do with Xavier worthy, trying to make things work uh, with him. And they made some accommodations. He wound up choosing another option. Uh, but then time passed and I got a call yesterday from another guy say, Hey, I'm here in Caleb love. It's not going to be getting into Michigan. I said, you know what? I had heard that was the case. Let me check to see. Before that, Brian, I had got word last Friday that Ray J. Dennis was on campus. And I was thinking at the time, man, okay, we put that out there. But I'm thinking to myself, this doesn't make a lot of sense given who they got and given what they need. But, hey, maybe they're just trying to stack, you know, bucket getters. Didn't check at that time on the Caleb Love piece until yesterday, at which point it was confirmed to me that he was not able to transfer to Michigan, that it had been determined and that he would not be coming to Ann Arbor. So, Brian, get against that backdrop, your reaction to the news? Well, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing is, though, is like if you do end up falling into Ray J. Dennis, Ray J. Dennis is a guy who I saw play in that NIT game, and I was like, Michigan should get on that dude. And he has a 120 O rating. He had like 29% usage. He's a good shooter inside and out. He's got an incredible assist rate to turnover rate. Like he's a guy who honestly, if you were telling me I could pick between the two, I would pick Ray J. I would too. Um, <clears throat> me, t- me too. Incidentally. So e- easy choice. Get up. So like he's, he's, I mean, he's not a guy who's, Six five, like Caleb Love, like who has all that five star NBA shaped body, but he's a really good college player, uh, and he's a graduate. So, <laughs> so we don't have to deal with these people again. <laughs> but yeah, so like it, it's amazing how you get you get a new president and who's supposed to be the guy who's like, yeah, sports are important, and we need to like you know make sure that that's a reasonable thing. And you're rejecting credits from a guy who went to the University of North Carolina. <laughs> like, that's not, you know, a junior college or Michigan State. It's UNC. You gotta be kidding me. So I mean, I it's just it's I mean, I don't know. Like if I was a president of the University of Michigan, I would fire the entire transfer department. I'd just be like, You're gone. We can replace you with other people. Who yeah. will do your menial jobs and not be so annoying? But I, I think I think it's, wait, it's simpler than that. You just have to like just you just have to create a policy because it's I not just, no, admissions. Did, it's at, transfer at this point, at yeah. this point, I just want to fire the admissions department because <laughs> they're so blinkered about like oh well, you've got to do this and this and this. What it just completely mm-hmm. ignores the larger picture of the university. All of those people are. Melvin was it got the guy in the basement mm-hmm. in office space who's like oh, I got my stapler and they're all talking about their staplers and nobody cares about the staplers <laughs> just admit the guy he, like he's gonna be here for a year he's gonna play basketball he's gonna be a professional basketball player it is not a sin it is not a stain on the University of Michigan if you have a guy who plays basketball here and you transfer some credits in from the University of North Carolina. Well, well, let me quibble with this a bit. 
Fireball. Uh, no, no quibbling. Uh, I'm going to quibble with uh, this. You need to agree, and I'm not hearing anything else from you. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to disagree in some small part. And that is the University of North Carolina, last time I checked, was the school who was under the gun from the NCAA for offering fake classes to their athletes. And if do you recall they what the U.S. They supposedly fixed that, though. I, it's not, yeah. I mean, well, not, not going to be Do you remember what their defense was to that? What? Their defense was, yeah, they're fake classes. We admit it. But any school, any student at this university can take those fake classes. Therefore, it's not an NCAA violation. That was their defense. The most Look. cynical defense in the history of defenses in they're the NCAA. Sure, but like, they're accredited. Yeah, they're I'm not saying. No, no, no. You have to deal. You have to deal with people and organizations on the level they're dealing with. The way that you deal with transfer credits from UNC is not the way that you deal with the NCAA. The NCAA are not serious people. I I am shocked that there's gambling going on in this establishment. <laughs> Everyone should see Gas Casablanca once a year. <laughs> so, any event, yeah, I hear otherwise, Brian. I you know I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure it's so much admissions though. Ooh, I mean, like what? I mean, like what's? I don't know. It's the individual colleges more, I think, more so than than actually admissions. All right, well, then so. I'm firing LSNA. There's no more <laughs> LSNA admission. All right. So, All right. but here here's what this does do. I, I think it it firmly establishes the reality of the situation for Michigan athletics, just football or basketball. Michigan athletics, when it comes to portal strategy, this is a topic that we have beaten to death over the past year because we we were talking about it as it relates to. Football, basketball too, but how do they operate in this era where, where teams are fortifying themselves with portal reinforcements? How can Michigan get in on that? And really, it required sort of a, a focused strategy of what can we get in routinely? First and second year guys, grad transfer. Are there going to be some exceptions to the rule? Sure, but what is clearly the case is you're going to have less issue getting in first and second year guys and grad transfers. We've seen a meaningful pivot in that way on the football side of things. Now, should there was there reason to think that it was going to work out with Caleb Love, that he was going to graduate from North Carolina in three years? Now, I don't think they would have explored this possibility if there weren't. But what this says to me, now I'm not critical of them recruiting Caleb Love, but from this point, it should be 100% clear that it is largely a waste of time to be looking at student-athletes in the portal that are three years into their career. It, here and there, if you think they there's a chance they might graduate in that period of time, fine. But otherwise, guys, you tell me what you think. I think they got to they – gotta, uh, that has to be the huge exception to the rule, and they need to be 80 90% of their energy first and second year guys and grad transfers. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, my, I mean, this leads to a question for, for you guys is given this, why, I mean, Michigan never announced that, uh, Caleb Love was, was coming here. The announcements were always external. They were either from media sources or Twitter or whatever. Michigan never announced it. And a few days ago, and I don't know if they've announced Namari Burnett or Trey Jackson yet. 
I mean, do you know? I haven't, you, seen, I haven't seen formal acknowledgement of it. I haven't seen formal acknowledgement on any of these guys. And a couple of days ago, I was saying to a friend, you know, none of these guys have been have been have been formally acknowledged by by the athletic department or the university. And so there's something wrong, right? There's something wrong because you would think of that 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 you would see some formal announcement. I mean, Namari Burnett. Do we know he's graduated? I don't think he's I don't graduated. know that. He, he, isn't he? Uh, I thought he was just going to try to transfer in. I don't know because he's got a I mean, couple semesters at Texas Tech and a, and a bro, semester. Yeah, Alabama, he's got like a couple that. semesters at Texas Tech. Well, how many of those credits will Michigan take? None. And 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 so it isn't clear to me that Namari Burnett has either transferred or what his situation is when the university hasn't acknowledged it yet. What about Jackson? I haven't heard anything there either. Now it yeah, doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean they're not coming here, right. but it, I mean, I suspect they probably. So I, I will are. say this: yeah. I I had been hearing for weeks that there were issues with Caleb Love. I have not yeah. heard anything like that with regard to Trey Jackson, who would be a grad transfer, and with right. Amari Burnett. It's a I mean, it's reasonable to bring up uh, because given what I just said about recruiting, you know, three year guys. But I mean, look, if a guy is willing to give up some credits and transfer, like Shea Patterson was, cool. Uh, but you know the, the difference with Caleb Love is he he was supposedly alleged, or maybe or maybe he's graduating. Again, I hadn't heard that, but the expectation with Caleb Love was that he was going to be a graduate. And when that didn't happen, when that triggered all the the sequence of events that I mean, I talked about like, on the last segment a little bit uh, the, that like it the it's exponential how hard it gets to get somebody in. If they're close to graduating, it's next to impossible because then mm-hmm. you have a huge amount of credits that get a huge discount, especially at the high-level classes. The lower-level classes are actually a lot easier. You get a guy who's at the end of his sophomore year, it's actually still not that hard because American History Intro 101 and 102 transfer directly. You, you don't lose, there's no loss there. Where the losses is when you get to, like, you know, history of French cinema or something where... If we don't have the class and they have the class, Michigan looks at it and goes, okay, that's worth one credit here. That's where they have problems. Yeah. So, all right. Caleb Love's not coming. Ray J. Dennis, you said you, uh, so we got this word. It's like calling around. Ray J. Dennis, oh, yeah, he's on campus right now. Like, Eureka. Is he, the, right now? The, right now? No, no, no. On? This was when I got oh. the news Friday and put oh, it out okay. on Friday. He's on campus right now. Michigan's hosting him on a visit. Uh, they are in prime contention. He's an Illinois guy, uh, you know, acquainted with with Juwan. They obviously just saw one another playing each other in the NIT. Uh, clearly, they were able to sell him on what the opportunity looks like because they had knowledge at that point that Caleb Love wasn't coming. So let's talk about the fit. First, Craig, talk about his game. And then, yeah. fellas, let's, let's talk about the fit here with, with Michigan, which I think would be better, actually, than Caleb Love. Yeah, the fit is better than Caleb Love. I mean, Ray J. Dennis is an unselfish player. Uh, he can run a team from the point. He can play at the two. He he's was 36, I think, and a half percent from three. He's a good shooter, a 78% free throw shooter, uh, good a good two-point shooter. He he doesn't force shots. Uh, you know, he's a nice fit because you could play him with Doug at the point. And he's a pretty good defender too, and or 
at least from my view, and and you could play him at the point, or you could play him at at the two, and 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 he will fit with other guys, in my opinion. Uh, he doesn't turn the like I say, doesn't turn it over, and, and his assist rate is is quite good. So he's he's a player that I like a lot. Uh, I I think he's probably an easier fit for Michigan than Caleb Love, who's going to take more work. Mm-hmm. Who maybe maybe a more talented player, but he's going to be a harder, a more jaggedy fit with what you know Michigan has. Um, so yeah, I mean, but if if you said, would you rather have Caleb Love or uh, Ray J. Dennis for one year? I'll I'll take Ray J. Yeah, My, I mean, Ryan, or Seth. I'm just, I'm just, I I track two stats that um that most most people in basketball don't look at. The percentage of points that you created yourself, right, versus uh, percentage of points assisted. His uh, point guards are always low, but his is actually even lower for a point guard. He creates 71% of his own points, uh, which means that there's room for him to he, – he can be a more efficient basketball player if he's on the court with Dougie, or he actually can just – he can run the point. He can He is a pure point guard. The other thing is assist rate at home versus assist rate on the road. Because certain teams, Michigan State and Northwestern, are the worst at it in the country. Just give out assists for anything. So it's really hard to trust assist rate. And you look at, like, Boo Booey and people are like, oh, look at all the assists he's got. No, he really doesn't. He just lets this Northwestern counts him that way. Uh, Ray J. Dennis's uh, assist rate on the road at home are the same exact number. It's 32%. It's 30, 32 assist rate uh, versus a 12% turnover rate. That is exactly what you want to see for a point guard transfer. This is a better prospect than Caleb Love. He's not short. He's six foot two, right? He he plays some defense. Um, the only really inefficient shot he had was two point jumpers, and that's true for everybody. And you can cut down on those on a better offense. So, maybe I, their offense was really good, so that it might that his offense might not you know translate as well to Michigan. But that is a perfect fit at a point guard. That's not a guy that you like, where do you fit him in? That's a guy like, okay, let's build around that. Yeah, the problem is Illinois. Illinois lost, again, seven of their 13 players, I believe. Uh, and 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 they lost their five-star point guard, or, you know, in December, because he just was pissed off with Underwood and, or whatever and just left. And, uh, and so... They have no point guard on that team right now at Illinois, as far as I can tell. Or it's this stuff is hard to figure out. I spent some time yesterday going through every team in the Big Ten, trying to figure out well, who actually do they have and who don't they have. And as far as I could tell, Illinois's got a bunch of twos, and they've got a center, Dane Dania, and they've got a power forward coming in from a, a on an up transfer. But they don't. As far as I can tell, I don't see a point guard there, and but so right. that, and well, so that's a, a good situation for to some extent. If you know, if Ray J says no, I'm a point guard. I want to play point guard. That may feel more comfortable to him than coming into Michigan, where they're sitting with uh, Doug and and still Jalen Llewellyn, and you know, I don't yeah. know. But you could play. You could play with. Dougie, and you're going to play over Jalen Llewellyn. And yeah. Brian, you don't have to play for Brad Underwood. That's a thing, right? That's a thing. I mean, you'd think, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you have the option, you know, he's 
He's like really orange. Like his shirt is orange and his his suit is orange and then his face is orange. His he's hair like, is orange too. He's like Brian Kelly, except it's purple. I mean he's <laughs> it's orange instead of purple. And I'm just like, man, that guy's angry. That guy's really angry about everything. You gotta you gotta chill out. But you know. <laughs> he ran a five star guy off before the year was even halfway through. Like, right. come on, man. Well, I'm not I don't I might not put that one on Underwood. Okay. No, think, uh, think still, it's conspicuous, and it also conspicuous is that that wasn't Terrence Shannon's first choice. Like, if you look at Terrence Shannon oh. as a guide, Terrence Shannon was gonna go to Michigan, all things being equal, but all things weren't equal. Well, well they are for Ray J. Dennis, don't go play for Brad Underwood. Well, yeah, you'd hope not. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I mean, I remember I saw him play in the NIT, I was like, Michigan should get that guy. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Craig's right too. The other two guys he mentioned, I was like, Michigan should that guy too. They had the number five offense in America last year. They couldn't play any defense because they didn't have a yeah. center. But right. in terms of like putting together a team that can that can play, and that team can play. Yeah, he could actually shoot. That was one of the things that jumped out to me about. K- we we talked about it when they got him. I mean, he took a lot of threes to be a twenty nine percent three point shooter. A well, lot, like he kept shooting, kept shooting. I mean, there was there's a version of Caleb Love that fits in an offense that's, you know, a 20% usage guy that's probably a pretty efficient shooter because his catch and shoot was not elite, but it was the best facet of his game. And the problem with him is that he just took all, like, remember that, remember when she played LSU and they had that first round pick who just all he did was do ISO and jack it up, but he was pretty good at it. That was Caleb Love. But Caleb Love can't do that. Yeah, Which is why he's not, which is why he's not in the NBA right now. Is that that kind of like shot making is just not part of his game? But there's an efficient version of Caleb Love out there, and someone else is going to try to explore that, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, as of this moment, assuming we have Namari Burnett, assuming we have Trey Jackson, uh, Michigan is still short three guys. I mean, and and they desperately need a center, which I'm not hearing much noise about. Maybe Sam is, and. They probably could use another big guy, uh, and they and they need a guard. They need Ray J. Dennis or someone like him. Uh, there's a song by the Violent Femmes that goes way back. We're desperate. Get used to it. That's beginning what Michigan basketball is beginning to feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Cam Thomas, who you're talking about, Brian. Yeah, just a tremendous, tremendous score. You, you like him taking a lot of shots. You're right. If Caleb Love was anything close to Cam Thomas, he'd be in the NBA right now. Yeah. But he's but he's not. Uh, my focus has been for the last 24 hours on catching up with Ray J. Dennis. But I do know that, and it's not, I mean, not a newsflash. They are scouring the, the portal, but I, I think with a different focus. <laughs> with a different focus, uh, kind of more aligned with what we've been talking about. This is the reality of their situation. Your pool is is limited. Now, the fortunate aspect of this is you are still in the window where there are more grad transfers because of the COVID year. And the first and second year guys, the the pool that uh, includes them is is deeper. Problem for them is you're so much deeper in the cycle now. So what's out there? There's a piece that uh, Zach Shaw just did talking about 10 guys. I recommend checking that out over on the michiganinsider.com and then I'll dig deeper into how many of those are actual guys that Michigan is targeting but I'm trying to catch up with Ray J Dennis now to to see 
to Baylor. You hard, hard to believe he believed that he would want to get back that far away from home again after coming back closer from Boise State, given the option that Illinois and Michigan are. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. You know, things may be better than they seem. It's, it's possible that uh, at this point, the coaching staff is completely under the radar and on and on some sort of silent mode. Uh, I mean, I, I look at brass tacks. I think it's a. I do think it's a bit of a. I think the Caleb Love thing caused a scramble. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any two ways about it. They thought they were going to have Caleb Love, and you had to pivot as a result. Now, fortunately, a Ray J. Dennis is out there, right? Yeah. Um, but the the problem is there are a dearth of comparable options. So if you don't get Ray J. Dennis, man, wow. I mean, you're talking about the other spots they have to fill. Ray J. Dennis fills the biggest hole. Like, I, I mean, there's a lot riding on whether they get him or not. Yeah. And well done. Like, you think <laughs> you can get this guy in and now you're Michigan scrambling. And uh, I mean, <laughs> it's just, I cannot believe that this university is like, okay, this is the important thing. The important thing is that the guy who went to UNC for three years doesn't get in because we're dicks. <laughs> you can't say that on the air. What? You can't say that. You cannot say that. All right. Dump me. Where's the dump button? Dump me. <laughs> you can't say that. Ira, are you, are you awake at the wheel over there, Mr. Weintraub? You know, technically, it's not illegal for what he just said. It's not illegal. The FCC is not going to come calling us, but... I mean, but like legally fine, Brian, you're okay. You're jerking around guys who like, and like, are you going to transfer to Michigan? Cause this is the second straight year where a guy has been heavily in the process of transferring to Michigan and couldn't do it. So there's going to be guys in the future who are going to be like, I'm not even going to bother with this school. Cause I have no idea if my credits are going to transfer. And that just seems like, I mean, what, what, what is the upside for Michigan? What is the, what is this retained purity going to get you? Are you going to get into heaven? Is admissions going to get into heaven? Maybe. I, I, I don't know, Brian. I, my, my friend from Illinois said that like his, his, uh, he had to throw out his degree. He just, after they let Terrence Shannon in last year, he, he just burned it. Yeah. He everyone, burns his every, degree. Yeah. It's, it's not worth anything anymore. Everybody who had a job who went to Illinois lost their jobs after they oh, let wow. in Terrence Shannon. So, I mean, look, uh, you know, to, to frame that debate, this is, this is, if you're going to see movement on this, this is a Santono thing, is it not? This is, a, this is a meter that he moves. Yeah. If it's going to get moved. Yeah. Well, and, it's impossible for me to believe that he hasn't decided it shouldn't be moved or he can't move it because this happened last year with Shannon. The Caleb Love thing has been happening for a while. And so it's impossible for me to believe that Ono either has no power, does not want to change it or can't change it or something because he's pretty. I mean, this is not a guy who lets, lets stuff fester as far as I can tell. It, yeah. It's just it, it's a it's a yeah it's got to come from Santa because it's a question of what's the priority of the university, all right? If they LSA, they're those people in there who are looking at the credits and deciding what transfers and what doesn't. They've got their standards because they don't want to have to change. And they're like that's this is our process. Here's what we do. People live with it. That's that's because we're Michigan. Blah blah blah. If we're recruiting somebody to the university because they're going to help the university, there should be a different process. Yes, there always should be. There always has been different standards for athletes. And to have some some little piece 
that like we keep on running up against is just ridiculous, especially considering this is a major part of how you put a roster together today. So this has to change now. They maybe could have gotten around it. Football, it's a little easier because there's just so many more football players out there, and you can actually get kind of a lower level quality level of a guy because they're more equal. In basketball, it's really hard. There's not a lot of Caleb Loves out there. So you you want to add another layer to something that's already so difficult because the guy's got to be a program fit. The guy's got to be you know fit with the, the other players on the team. The guy's got to have the skills that you need. And he's got to be really good at basketball, which is, you know, not that many people to begin with. One guy on your team makes a huge difference. So we're yeah, not you the team that's going to pay Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, and even, yeah, exactly. I was about to yeah. say, in NIL, you got to yeah. get over what is often an obstacle, is which is NIL. Right. So you so. could be that program if you want to say, look, if we get a Hunter Dickinson, we're going to pay him a million dollars a year, and he's just going to be, and we're just going to have him hand him money, and you come to Michigan, we're going to get freshmen, and we're going to keep them for five years because we're going to pay them more than they'll ever make in the NBA. You could be that team, but we're not that team. If you want to be the port, the team that doesn't play the portal as well, you just put way too many restrictions to make it possible to have a team. You're going to be Stanford or Northwestern. All right. It is 934 on a Thursday morning. We need to get to a break. We'll come back on the other side, see if there are any closing remarks on this discussion. Uh, we do have a lacrosse team to talk about that is has is on a run. We got a lot of people in the comments wanting us to shout them out, which we will. Give them a shout out on the other side. Uh, the game time has been announced for the game. Uh, there is news apparently out of the ACC about how some of those teams, at first it was a seven-team conglomerate, and then Louisville said, please let us be a part of it too. They came in and said, hey, we are exploring ways to get out of this deal. What does that mean for expansion? So a lot to get to on the other side here on the Michigan Insider on Sports Talk 1050 WTK, the ticket. You know, the one thing I can say about Illinois, that's that's probably going to be a really bad team. I mean, they've got uh, – Ty Rogers and Sincere Harris at the two. They've got Dane Dania at the center. How is that guy's name got, not Danger? Can we just change it to Danger? It is, it is Danger. Really? It is Danger. Okay. It is Danger, yes. Dane Danger. I mean, you gotta if you have that name, you gotta use it. Yeah. I know. I uh, I looked this up because I did yeah. the preview for Illinois last year and I was like, please be Dane Danger. And it was. It was okay. Dane Danger. How about that and guy? We need a center. Why don't we go get that guy? And then they're bringing in a guy from Utah Valley who's a two guard who's not that good, so they're loading up with twos. That's and they got a guy Quincy Guerrero from Oregon via Syracuse, and he doesn't. He's a power forward. He doesn't look that good. I mean, I don't know what they've got there. They they it, to me it looks like a really crappy team. And Underwood can't win. Last year with three NBA guys and a five-star point guard. Or the year before that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, or the year before that. I mean, yeah. the dude yeah. is not a great coach. And the other guys who were decent uh, transferred out. Epps went to, I think, uh, Georgetown maybe. And uh, Lieb went to Illinois State. And Melendez, I think, went to Georgia. So, I mean, they, you know, uh, I don't know. This, his Oklahoma State team was so good. <laughs> it was good. They, they did have good teams. Um, that was that was one of my favorite Michigan basketball just, games to watch. Yeah, that was a fun game. The Michigan Georgia game with our Oklahoma State Oklahoma game State where game, they yeah. just ran and ran and ran. It was a, yeah, it was a fun beat. game. 
<laughs> they yeah, they beat. lost. They yeah. still lost. Yeah. And so I don't know. Um, uh, I, I have to believe, I, you know, logically, unless he wants to go back home, and I don't know how close University of Illinois is to his home, but unless that's the, the thing, uh, it's hard for me to believe he would go there versus me Michigan. Too. Me too. I mean, Michigan is close yeah. enough to home that you would think that it, it would be negligible. Mm-hmm. For him, I mean Baylor. That's what would make me say, "Ah, man, you you experienced maybe not winning on that level, but you experienced being that far away." From Unless him. it's a money deal, because you know, if it's a money deal, Michigan's going to lose that one with Baylor or Illinois, probably. So, you know, I don't yeah, we shall see. I hope to get they. The word is he'll have a decision within a week. That's the word. So I'll uh, <laughs> hope to be able to catch up with him today and chase his number down. You know, he has yeah. people kind of hoarding the contact information as if as if we have any influence. You don't have any influence right. no. on these guys. No. So anyway, but I got it. So I'm trying to chase him down, see what he and said. I have some contacts at at, at UT. I should call. Uh, I should call them. They're not going to talk to you with that sweatshirt on, Craig. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at me. I'm a friend of Toledo. All the Toledo guys know me. They're going to talk to me. Yeah. Wearing a bowling green sweatshirt. <laughs> yes, Back on radio in 30 seconds. You guys see uh, the McMurphy or comments from McMurphy about Wisconsin or Washington and, and uh, Oregon being I did. I did. Here. And I interpreted them too. That's that's coming from Washington and Oregon. <laughs> yeah, but what is that? What is yeah, but what does that mean? And then they look, and we said no. <laughs> but they yeah. so if you take the first half of that cleared. sentence, huh? He said vetted and cleared. Vetted yeah, and cleared. He said yeah, vetted yeah. cleared. Yeah, their their academics are fine. They Back in about ten seconds, exactly guys. What they're worth, and we said no. That was the, that's the they were vetted and cleared before the Big Ten said because we'll get I, we can get into this in the next segment, but it's all about money. It's all about yeah. And, and we, we are back, folks, here on the Michigan Insider Sports Talk 1050 WTKA online at WTK.com. Hey, so we, are you any relation to to uh, Darius A. Cuff? We got a Jason A. Cuff in the, uh, in the chat. I just want to know. Just uh, respond in the mentions if you're any relation to Darius A. Cuff, who is a ball player, an absolute ball player, getting it done for Cast Tech. So let us know. Let us know in the comments section. Inquiring minds want to know. But fellas, any uh any parting shot? Oh, it's your nephew. Oh, it's his nephew. All right. Hey, well, your nephew is <sighs> a ball player, Jason. Big time ball player. Love his game. Clearly the number one player. And you think about the opportunity to maybe pair him with a Trey McKinney and to pair them with a we I guess we got to talk about the commitment. There was a commitment since we were yeah. last on. Yeah. Right? With uh with fat fat in the fold here at Michigan right now. Darrell Brooks, so uh, have you guys watched this film? What do you guys think of, of Darrell Fat Fat Brooks? Well, I, I haven't watched all of his film. I've, I've just watched the highlight tapes and the stuff that's easily available. I haven't watched whole game film. Um, he's a good athlete, uh, not a great jumper, however. Uh, he is a good, a good passer. He's not a guy that wows you with his passing, but he's a... He's a, he seems to be a solid passer. He seems to be a good defender. Uh, I think he's the kind of guy who's going to play for three or four years. 
Uh, his he doesn't shoot the three, and, and I think in his seven EYBL games he shot a, a total of six threes. Uh, so he isn't comfortable uh, shooting the three. And his two point jump shot is real. It's a uh, I mean he has a legitimate jump shot, which isn't usual I, in, at least mechanically. And uh, and so that's a good thing. I think he could he can become a higher percentage shooter because he is mechanically good with this jump shot uh you know i and so you know people who've watched him oh, oh i heard him interview was he interviewed with you sam was that the he interview was. i yeah. love the kid's interview he's a very mature smart kid uh you know he doesn't seem full of himself at all and 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 so i i think it's a good choice for michigan he's sitting around 100 to 130 over in the country and so that's the kind of kid that I think Michigan should get and develop and bring along, and he's not going to be an, an immediate impact star, but I think over the course of two, three, four years, he can be a good solid player in the program and maybe better than that. He reminds me of uh, the kid at Hogard. If you were going to, if I was going to compare him to a player, I'd, comp I'd compare him to Hogard at Michigan state, a guy who isn't a great shooter, probably has better mechanics than Hogard. Uh, but is sort of a, a a big solid guy who can pass the ball, play defense, run a game. So yeah, I like him. The yeah, um, man, you know, watching him uh, over the years, mm -hmm. I, that's not that's not bad, Craig. I mean, I I see a lot of Namari. There are a lot of similarities with with Namari. Okay. Uh, big body guy who can get down. He's not as big as as Namari, but big or body. Homer. Uh, defender can stay in front of you, long arms, uh, can finish through contact. Yep. Uh, a, a guy who, you know, I was talking to a coach about this from another program the other day. He said, I don't know how much of a point guard he is. I think that in the times that I've seen him play anyway, that he's been more comfortable in that role than I expected him to be. Yeah, I think I think he can play the point. I mean, I think he probably is a point, at least – you know, right now, now my, I guess my biggest cons he, and he does play downhill. He will go to the hole and he can finish around the basket. I wish he had, uh, from what I've seen, I haven't seen much of a left hand around the basket. I mean, he can handle the ball. He's a good ball handler and he can handle with his left, but I don't see, you know, he sort of finesses it with his right on the left side of the basket, which I'm not, you know, super fond of, but, uh, but yeah, I think, He's a good choice for Michigan. I I think he's the kind of program guy that will be happy in in a couple of years that we have. Yeah, you can grow him up, and then yeah, you just like how he would fit. As you look at this in-state contingent, to get back to Darius Acuff, Darius Acuff and Trey McKinney, yeah, in the class behind him, <clears throat> two guys that Michigan is recruiting vigorously against a lot of competition because those. Those two dudes are already national recruits. They've racked up big-time offers. And he knows them, connected with them, game with fit with them, going to help recruit them. That is a, that's a big deal if you can string it to, together, if it helps you get other guys too, which you hope that that is the case. And he said those two guys in particular, uh, Darius and, and Trey, are two guys in particular that he's already started to work on. So you hope that that can reap some dividends down the line as well. Those are going to be hard pulls for Michigan or Michigan State uh, just because everybody wants those two guys. So Trey, man, Trey comes from a Michigan family. Mm -hmm. 
He yeah. comes from like a diehard Michigan family. Grandma and granddad, U of M uh, Flint alums. Um, I've known his his mom and his aunt my whole life. So I know. Now, that doesn't mean that Michigan is going to get him. <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is Will's Michigan credits has transfer. Here. They Michigan <laughs> has ends. Now, they are the only ones that, in, that have ends because <laughs> when, when it became clear Trey was a prospect, I remember this. So Nate used to be a coach, and he used to be the coach at Romulus, right? Nate Oates used to be the coach at Romulus. Well, his aunt was a teacher at Romulus. And so when he found out that Trey was a uh, he called he called up his aunt say, hey, is Trey McKinney your nephew? Offer was <laughs> right then and there. So Alabama, my point is Alabama has some ends there, too. Everyone's recruiting a guy. Uh, you know, you can't expect that because you have you know, proximity and connections that you're going to be able to get it done. But I like where Michigan is early in that recruitment. Uh, Darius Acuff, the, the word is that he's at the top of the board. Uh, like maybe as far as backcourt guys go, he may be at the top of the board regardless of class. That's how high Michigan is on Darius Acuff right now. Now, problem is, problem for them is his stock is going through the roof. At the moment, if you have not been paying attention to Darius Acuff on the AAU scene, uh, then you are not privy to what the buzz is about him. And that is this dude before all is said and done. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan State, they they came through with offers here recently, but he's going to have every high major in the country uh, before all is said and done. And maybe by the end of the summer. So that's maybe how we well be criticizing right Michigan's NIL on this podcast while his uncle's listening. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, man, hey, they they need some good they need some good momentum. Hopefully, Darrell Brooks can help them with that, right? Hopefully, he can be the start of something and get these in-state guys to stay home. He said something interesting to me. After fact, you know, he could have gone to one of these, uh, you know, national IMG or anything like that. He had opportunities to do that. Said, man, I want to stay home and, and build it here. Can you cultivate that that sort of thought process? From a recruiting perspective as well get all these in-state guys to go to the same school like they used to back in the day you know can can Jawan kind of weave that or put that that narrative out there and, and grow it is going to be an interesting question so went off on a little bit of a tangent there uh but a meaningful one uh, i think i do want to get you guys' take on i mean michigan is a lacrosse school now guys uh, i mean just over all of a sudden they are fighting for maybe a national championship, Craig. And this was this is the program that what is twelve years? I think twelve years in from from club to this point, something like that. Yeah, it's a new program at Michigan. They've come a long way in a short time. Uh, I think their coach is from. I hear him on your show, and he seems, you know, like a really thoughtful, positive guy. I don't know a lot about lacrosse. It's one of the few sports I've ne- I haven't ever played at all, and uh, so I don't. I can't really say uh, that they play I, number I, one Duke. They play number one Duke. It. Right, and they did, but uh, Duke I think has been close with teams that Michigan has beaten this year. Yeah, they they had a one yeah. goal victory yeah. over Delaware, who Michigan beat at Delaware earlier this season. Right. So if you you know it's transitive, we always you know look down our noses at transitive stuff, but it has some meaning in that if you, if you look at 
how have they done against similar competition does have some meaning, and at least in a big sphere of, you know, how good are these teams? Can they compete? Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at what Duke has done and what Michigan's done, the answer should be, yeah, Michigan can compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean they're going to win, beat Duke, but it does mean they should be uh, competitive. All right. Another shout out. Men's tennis still alive too, Craig? Yes, they are. Uh, you know, women's tennis lost last night against Georgia, who was number three, but that was deceptive. Uh, if you look at the scores, they were going to win at number one. I think Jaden, uh, had a good chance of winning at two. That was in the third set when they stopped. Uh, they lost the doubles point in a, in a tiebreaker, you know, and they lost, and they lost, uh, seven, six, seven, five at, at the, at the number, uh, five match, uh, and number six was still going and that was going to go to third three sets. It looked like. So, I mean, it, even though they lost, this was certainly one, uh, that Michigan could have won. It was a very, very, it was a very, very close, close competition. Now I don't think they were going to get beyond that. However, Michigan next year, as I said, last week has everyone back on this women's team and except for one player, Dre Serdan and, uh, and they're bringing in two excellent players, one who's a top five in the country. So this is a, a program that really should be fun to watch. Men, we'll see. They've got a really tough match against, I think they play TCU tonight. Uh, I don't know if you can see it anywhere. but uh, Yeah, Ira, if you can grab the, the times uh, mm-hmm. for the uh, for men's tennis and for lacrosse, we will give those times Tennessee out. Tennessee tonight at seven thirty, I believe. Lacrosse is Saturday at two thirty. Uh, lacrosse is on ESPNU. Tennis okay. is online somewhere. Yeah, it may be online, but uh, when I went to look at women's, you had to pay. You had to buy some subscription, so I didn't. But and who knows what the video will look like? Because uh, it could be like looking through a fishbowl. The uh, but the men's team, yeah, uh, we'll see. I think they've got a. Uh, I think they've got a, a shot at uh, against TCU, um, and it's a good program. So it's nice to see lacrosse, tennis uh, doing well. Michigan baseball swept uh, this their games this week, so they're not they're not dead yet either. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, segment some time uh, for this uh, this national news coming out of the ACC. Now the week started with. This uh, word from Brett McMurphy, who tends to be seems like he's uh, on the on the in the know when it comes to a lot of this expansion talk. He made a comment in the interview that Washington and Oregon had been vetted and cleared by the Big Ten. I didn't know what that. What did he mean by that? Are you, any digging on that, Seth? I, what I've got. I mean, I I'm pretty sure I know what that means. They were vetted, they were cleared, and then we looked at how much money each one of them bring in. <laughs> And to be part of the Big Ten, to be to to for the Big Ten to add anybody, they don't just have to be a a, a median level team. They have to be a mean average, more make more money than the mean right now. Which means when you average up Michigan and Ohio State and USC and Penn State and Nebraska and what those schools bring in with all the Rutgers and Michigan States that they're carrying, that has to be more. The, the, the school has to bring in more. So there's very few schools that can do that. And when they looked at Washington and Oregon and what those schools could actually bring to the conference, they decided that they 
didn't bring in enough. I'm a little surprised because Oregon was listed in 2021 as one of the better, um, as one of the bigger teams out there, but they're still not close to FSU, Miami, Clemson, Virginia, UNC, and Duke. Those are the schools that actually have money that they're bringing in from from football. Louisville thinks that they're there, but when people look at their numbers, <laughs> they're not. That and was then, funny. It was yeah. so funny. So uh, for <laughs> folks who aren't following along, and I got to get Brian in on this and tell you if you think my theory on this is plausible. We have been hearing for years now that this grant of rights deal that uh, the ACC has its, its members locked into goes to 2036. But that if a certain number of teams got together and decided they wanted to leave, that they could break the deal without penalty. I don't know what that number is, but apparently this there was this group of seven programs that included Clemson and Florida State and North Carolina that were meeting with Jim Phillips uh, down at the ACC meetings. Uh, and no one could say for sure what they were talking about, but the speculation was this is grant of rights deal. My theory is they, they were telling him, look, you want us to stay? You want us to not try to break this deal? Make sure we get a bigger cut of this pie that is currently being broken up equally. Does that make sense to you? What do you make of this talk coming out of the ACC? Well, I mean, to me, it feels like there's only a certain number of programs that have a place to go. Like, would the SEC take Clemson and Florida State? Yes. Would they take UNC? I don't actually know about that. Would they take Duke? I don't actually know about that either. So, like, <clears throat> the programs, there, there can't be enough ACC programs that want to break the grant of rights that would find a home like wake forest isn't breaking the grant of rights right that's not happening so to me this is just posturing and negotiation and uh, i don't i just doesn't feel to me like it's plausible like what the only thing that you could do i guess is like break away and form your own conference and leave some of the what you feel is dead weight behind um but that feels like i mean how much upside is there in that i don't know and yeah, what's I don't the know dead how, weight? I don't know how Louisville was a part of that group, Craig. Like mm-hmm. how, Louisville yeah. was like, we're like, look at me. But yeah, Clemson would have a place to land. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if Florida State would even choose the SEC over the Big Ten, and, and I think the Big Ten would love to have Florida State. I mean, the you have to get over the AAU thing, which they still. I mean, they when they mm-hmm. invited Nebraska in, in, huh? Florida State's in the AAU, aren't they? Are they? I, I don't think so. I, I, I wasn't aware that they're in. I I, I, I have never contemplated adding Florida State to the Big Ten, so I haven't checked. I reckon you check and see if Florida State's in. I don't, I don't I want to swear to it, but I thought they weren't. But I could be I thought they were. They are not, but they are a top 60 school in U.S. Okay. News and World Report, but they are not in the AAU. Yeah. All right. Well, top 60. Maybe that gets you. That's higher than Nebraska, right? So, higher yeah. than Michigan State. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So top 60 is the number, and we're not talking about in education anymore. The Everyone kind of sees where this is all going, right? Eventually, they're going to have to pay the players a piece of the pie, not just the, you know, letting them get, not, the, not just paying them under the table. There's going to have to be some sort of uh, revenue sharing. So what they're doing is, pi- and the, the reason why we're having all this discussion, all the, why the Big Ten's adding these schools right now, and everybody's doing this, is because they know they need to have a big enough pie to share it with the players in the future. So th- when they're looking down that road, everyone in the Big Ten is like, oh, I'm good. Anyone in the SEC is, I'm good. Everyone not in those two conferences is wondering if they're going to be part of it when, they, when there's a break. 
and there's going to mm-hmm. be a break between the we're long overdue for a division one break again where like the the top 60 schools are going to leave so when that happens there's probably going to be like a big 10 an sec and an other and you don't <laughs> want to be left in the other i just State. i i don't right. see that happening because the benefits for football are minimal right like the top schools in football already get to do whatever they want to do. And that busts up the most profitable thing in sports, which is the NCAA tournament. So I just do not see D1 fragmenting. I, you know, I think that it's going to continue down the path where there's clearly like some schools that are it and some schools that are mid majors, but they're, they're going to all stay in the same. We can play each other arena. I believe. I think they're going to fracture over the, overpaying the players over the contract we, we will pick this up next week we have acc meetings we'll have some feedback we're going to talk to andrea adelson for instance who is at acc meetings so we'll have some more information to go on when we come back for next week's round table so be sure to tune in for that folks you can always follow these guys over at mgoblog.com we got to get out of here we'll see you tomorrow here on the michigan insider on sports talk 1050 double tk the ticket the official voice of the university of michigan sports and our <laughs> accumulus station